Hello everyone. Welcome to Teaching Journey Podcast, Connecting Through Early Education, Episode 3. In this episode, I sat down with Alison Gibbons, who have worked in the earlier sector for 12 years. Alison shared her journey of working towards reflection and adversity, but more importantly, her positive attitude and optimism are inspiring. She spoke about how this positive attitude has enabled her to challenge and persist through difficult journeys. Just keep swimming, as she said, inspired by Finding Nemo. Alison was raw in sharing her tough and uncomfortable moments, and I believe that is why she's an inspiring leader. She motivates others just to be raw to themselves and embrace mistakes, see things in a different angle and then try again. The famous quote by Tom Watson, CEO of IBM, if you want to succeed, double your failure rate. While it is easily said than done, it is Allison's attitude of optimism that is an important mix to this embrace change in this equation. Looking at the brighter, bigger picture to refocus on rather than dwelling into the failure that will eventually drag you down. Now, I have mentioned in the first episode on how I feel about hearing my own voice on podcasts. My imposture telling me that I'm not articulated enough. And if you haven't figured out yet, I have a newborn that babbles away through the recording as I'm navigating mamahood with two children now. So no, you're not going crazy hearing babies babbling. It's just my little baby. (laughs) So my imposture is not telling me my voice is not good enough. She's also telling me that recording a podcast with a newborn is impossible and that I have no clue about podcasting or anything about sound systems. If all of that isn't a recipe for failure, I'm not sure what it is. My imposter repeatedly would say. But as I was listening to this recording, thinking about Alison's beamingly positive attitude and optimism, I won't know what my mistakes and failures would look like. So I wouldn't be able to grow and I would always sit and wonder on my what ifs podcast. So if you do wonder on your what ifs, try them out and then keep swimming because you will and you will most definitely get to the demand and you will learn to stay afloat by doing all sorts of strokes till you figure out one that will just keep you going just a little and then you reassess and try again. These principles are the same to our practice. Just as Alison mentioned, every year her practice looks different. No two years looks the same, she said. And I believe because she's always reassessing and being comfortable with her uncomfortable moments and embrace them all. So if you are listening to this third episode, I hope you can feel Alison's positivity that radiates through the recording. How she takes on my questions into a positive light And I hope that it will shine a different perspective to your challenges today. So here it is, if you're still listening, episode 3 with Alison Gibbons. Enjoy! Oh, and you will hear for the first 10 minutes of a noisy rattle, a cooing baby who has just discovered her voice, and I have learned very quickly that these two, while recording, is not a good mix or cutely cute. See, I've learned something through my mistakes. Hi everyone, I am so excited this morning because sitting here across me is the most calm, nurtured, beamingly bright and patience of all patients, Alison Gibbons, joining us for our third guest on our Teaching Journey podcast. Welcome, Alice. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited uh, to be sitting here chatting with you. So good. Uh, and for our listeners, Alison and I co-teach together many years back and this is back in the day when... It was quite unusual, actually, to have two kindergarten teachers in a small space. I believe we only had about 36 children, and we would take turns leading the three-year-old and the four-year-old kindergarten program, which is a fantastic concept because of the continuous teaching and learning with the children and families for two consecutive years, um, which most kindergarten teachers often do not get the privilege to do. So 
you know, looking back, we're quite fortunate and privileged to be able to go through that. Um, but I remember just, you know, thinking back last night, but our teaching styles were quite different in some mm -hmm. elements, um, but yet it worked really well. I think it gave a good balance. It's almost like a yin and yang in a room. Um, and it's so important to find that medium balance because when we work with different types of teaching styles, and I think it really comes down to both of us being open and constantly having lots of reflective pedagogical conversations, which I believe looking back now is so valuable in working collaboratively and cohesively together. And over the course of the years, you had the opportunity to step up into leadership roles, um, including mine, assistant director at Leader Role when I was on that leave. Um, and speaking of Matt Leaf, you will be on one really, really soon. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. So Thank exciting. You. Thank you. Because um, you're going to be in the journey of mamahood and it's going to give you a whole different perspective into, you know, what it is like being a parent um, and going through that journey, um, you know, rather than a teacher's lens. So very special. But I don't say this lightly, but I believe that you are a remarkable teacher and leader who have the privilege uh, with working with so, so many, many years. But just to show how dedicated and super passionate you are on taking any roles or tasks that comes your way. Um, for those people who are listening in, I gave Alison, just as I have for the past two people <laughs> on, you know, just questions, just a couple of guided questions uh, prior to today's recording. And she has come back to me by email, pages of pages of her <laughs> notes. And I literally laughed out loud and I actually said, that is so Alison. Um, I love it because that really just shows the professionalism and how you take on every single detail seriously. Um, and I always think that of many leaders who I've worked with, you always and truly always see the positive in everything and anyone. And that's truly, truly special. Um, so it's the attitude of great idea, let's give it a go or, you know, let's jump right in. Um, and it's so amazing and inspiring. Uh, and often when I'm unsure of an idea or just need to brainstorm with someone, I will go up to you and you always can say, great, let's do it, you know. Um, and it's always that this search of emotions that, yes, I can do it. You know, let's, you know if Alison believes in me and she thinks it's a great idea, I'm going to do it. So, so it's so nice to have that as a professional colleague to be working closely together. But before we get into where you are now, let's wind back a little bit into your journey of teaching. Where has it all started, this passion for early childhood? Were you surrounded by teachers? Did you always know you wanted to work with children? Where did it all start for you? Yeah, so um, teaching for me started right back at the beginning. Um, so right when I was a little girl, um, my family used to, so my mum was a stay-at-home mum and would look after children um, around the neighbourhood during holidays and I just loved to help her out. So I would help with getting lunch ready, um, putting the, the little ones to sleep for their nap time, playing with them in the backyard and it just all came so naturally to me and um, this interest in teaching was you know, just so um, a passion of mine right from when I was such a little girl. So I, um, back at school, my first work experience was actually in a long daycare. So I, um, in grade 10, I had to do a week's worth of work experience and I decided that I wanted to go and do this in a long daycare. As soon as I got in the door, it was like, you know, it just came so naturally to me. The children were came to me, they were so uh, comfortable with me. And I said, I thought to myself, wow, this really gives me a lot of joy to be around children. Um, my second week of work experience um, in grade 10, I did with a speech pathologist, which was um, in an allied health setting in a hospital. And I followed around the speechy for the week. Uh, and when she um, worked in a range of environments at the hospital, um, my most favorite was when she worked with the children uh, and helped with their speech and hearings. And, you know, this was my favorite part of the week. And so I just knew that children was gonna be a big part of my life. Um, so when it came to uh, grade 12 and I had to put in my preferences to, to go to uni, I looked at all these university courses all around the country and being originally from New South Wales, I had to um, obviously move away from home and I found this course uh, down in Albury-Wodonga, which is right on the border of um, New South Wales and Victoria. And they were offering this course, which was the Bachelor of Early Childhood Teaching and Bachelor of Speech and Hearing Science. And I thought, yes. This is for me. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this course was meant for me, and so I looked on the map 
where Aubrey Wodonga was and I was like, oh wow, that's like a long way away from where I live. And, you know, this was going to, you know, be a massive uh, move for me. I was only 17 years old back then. Um, and I was just, you know, gonna jump into the deep end, um, which, you know, I've done lots throughout my career. Um, but I just, with the drive and determination and, you know, wanting to work with the early years and working with children, I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna do it. And so I, I got in the car with my mom and she drove me down to uni for my first day. And this was back in 2006. Um, so, you know, it was a town that I knew nobody, um, you know, to start studying. And at the time, you know, I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that this was a little bit crazy, um, but, you know, I just, I just, I just did it. <laughs> um, so four years of studying full time at uni. And then um, whilst I was living in Albury, I would often come down to Melbourne um, and, you know, really liked the lifestyle in Melbourne and, you know, being able to come down here. I knew a few friends down here, um, but once I graduated, I um, successfully got my first job in a long daycare just in Mooney Ponds. And so, yeah, I um, came down, made the big uh, the road trip down to Melbourne and then I was got my first job. So, yeah, that's kind of my very first experience with children and, um, yeah, how I got my first job down in Melbourne. So. Um, and that's so exciting because, you know, often um, people who do come in into this sector is just so passionate with early childhood. And, um, and I think one thing about you is that your passion is continuous. Like, and constantly now, do you feel that you're still learning, you're still growing? Is there areas that you're still, oh my goodness, that's just like mind-blowingly amazing why haven't i thought of that and you've been in the sector for many years now do you have those moments still ah oh, i definitely i still have you know it's been 12 years now that i've uh, been working with children and yeah every year is different i work with different um, people i do work with different personalities uh, educators of uh, different backgrounds and you know the children every year are different so the children will come with new ideas new interests and you know always thinking like wow we've never learned about this before or i need to do a little bit of research myself about this topic because you know a child's come in and said they want to learn about the corroboree frog i had no yeah. idea what the corroboree frog um you know even was i was like wow okay i think i need to do a bit of research in this and then you know it's just those moments which you know keep your passion going and you know even after 12 years it's still you know i feel like you know coming to work I, you know, I'm excited and, you know, it's those, those little things which just keep you going each year in and out, so. Yeah, yeah. And also like, you know, just for beginners teachers to hear that it's so important because often when we are first, you know, and I can still remember that first week, that first day of being a teacher, you're so overwhelmed. Everything is just like, oh my goodness, I've got all these children, I've got these families to remember, to make connections with um, all these children in terms of planning and programming and then working collaboratively with other colleagues. Do you remember that first, first moment that you had? Um, what did that felt like? And, you know, all that journey, that first year journey, was that overwhelming for you or, you know, it come naturally for you just as how, you know, you felt? <laughs> Um, on your yeah. first few years of experience? Yeah, so I, my first very first day of uh, my first job, walking into the room, I walked into a room full of 33 to five-year-old children and to say I was overwhelmed, I sort of looked around going, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? And I was so fortunate to have some really um, experienced teachers who I had as co-educators in the room with me. So I was able to... Uh, observe and watch and just absorb everything that they were doing so I could you know because when you're at uni for four mm. years you know you feel like you want to be as prepared as you can when you yeah. get out but sometimes you know walking into the door of your first job it's you know you kind of look around going oh you know I'm this is it now and yeah so I think I was very lucky to be working where I was and you know I just was watching and listening and you know that kind of helped me at the beginning uh, to be able to learn a lot um, but also the families you know I had to build trust mm. with the families right at the beginning because 
you know, I was a new grad. I, you know, came and this was my first job. But I think once I was able to show the families how motivated I was and how I was, you know, had all these new ideas, I'd just come straight from uni with all this new research and was able to bring that uh, to the room and to the centre. And for the families, they could see that. And that's where I think that trust um, was really built with the families right from uh, my very first job. So Yeah, and I think that's a good point because I remember my first few years as a teacher as well. You know, looking really young, looking really fresh. You mm. work alongside with educators who've been there for years and years. This is super knowledgeable, super, you know, um, experienced, uh, but also having that trust with families already, that foundational trust, mm. and you walking in, um, especially in long day care setting with this, you know, finding your sense of belonging. It can be a really difficult um, process to mm. go through. Um, and I remember, you know, comments like, oh, you're so young, like, what would you know? You know, or, yes. you know, comments like, you don't have children, like, That's you easy. know. Um, and I, can, I think it can be quite pointing and, and you know, you, you often second guess yourself, like, oh, you know, is this the right, you know, feel for me? But I think what you said about, you know, us knowing we've been in, in university learning about, you know, children and development, we've got that knowledge. Yeah. Um, and it's about making that, trust with family but also trust within yourself Self, yeah trusting your your own confidence yes. and your capabilities that mm. you know you you have the knowledge it's just about being able to uh put that into practice when yeah. you get your first job um and i think that's you know when you first walk into a room of children and you know it is very confronting but you know trust that you've got the knowledge and that yeah. you you do have we work in such a team environment as well that mm. you, we do have those co-educators that we can um you know bounce ideas off and you know get inspiration from so it's um just like what we did when we first worked together yeah. we were able to you know bounce off those ideas and work together yeah yeah definitely and i think working together is something that you know we need to highlight more in our sector uh, as much as we you know in universities um you know we learn about children and development and working in partnership with families but i think the most important thing is working with other people mm. with different personality um, and now i've seen you worked and you have the ability to just have that mutual respect you know everyone pretty much from different backgrounds or different personality traits uh, who is completely the opposite from you ali um, just really respect you uh, in terms of who you are as a person but also as a leader where do you think that comes from because you know obviously that's just not an easy trait and i and i know after i've seen your face you know when you have that really frustrating moment and in conversations um but you you have the ability to just sort of like put things into positive and and and, and support people in a really nurturing you know and, and this is me talking about you know educators adults mm. you know the way how you treat adults and your co-workers uh, co-educators is with respect um, and it's just such an amazing trait to have. But, you know, do you have any skills in terms of what it is to mitigate around, you know, perhaps working alongside with different people? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it is a big part of the job is working with people of all different personalities. Um, and as you said, yeah, I I try and be really positive. I, I'm an optimistic person, mm. so I think you know what sometimes when you are working with someone who is a little bit different to you know you might come across someone with a different view to yours um, I think listening is the most important thing to do you know I always try and listen to other people um, and you know see what their their thoughts are and their views um, you know that's and then you can kind of also share what you think and then you know come together and work out what's going to be best and I think I always have the children at the center of my of my practice so you know you might have a, this reflective conversation with another educator however you've always got to bring it back to what's going to be best for the child um, it's that's the most important thing so it's you, you might have those tricky conversations and difficult conversations to have but I think if you have that in the the forefront that's where you know your decisions will be made uh, when it comes to um, routines or programming um, as long as you're always the children at first. Yeah, yeah. 
and you know like constantly like we work with different people every single year and so it's that constant reflection constantly <laughs> I'm repeating myself constantly but it's true like you know no single year looks the same and it shouldn't be you know often we talk about you know um for example group group time or transition time do we need to do group time do we need to have transition what does that look like for the children mm -hmm. it's about having these conversations constantly looking at the cohort of children you know are these children perhaps we need to build trust before we do all of those routines yes. um, you know it's about having these conversations with the children is there any moment that you think that oh okay this is too difficult I am you know is there moments where we pick battles with co-educators when we work with you know have you been in that situation before yes yeah I think working in a team environment there's always going to be um, you know different things which you know different opinions on how routines should be run and yeah it's just you know you're talking with that person directly you know and you know working out you know why you know that why do they think that way what's their reason behind it um what you know we can try it out sometimes you know giving it a go and let's just see what happens um you know there's sometimes you know those reflective conversations which you have all throughout the day uh with other educators you're able to then you know give things a go um if it doesn't work out the first time you know it's we always learn from that and then we can adapt each year's every different as well so you know what worked the previous year and in other years might not work this year because it's a different group of children so it's you know we we're very reflective um, and you know I try and be reflective with my team uh, whether it's been um, one of the things actually I can think of is Zen time it's a it was actually with working with you Dee I uh, we were looking at our our day and it is so busy and the children are constantly on the go and we realized that there was no period in the day where the children could just be where they could just rest and have that relaxation so we came up with this idea of Zen time uh, you know that was we didn't have a rest period in the middle of the day and so what we did we um, we made uh, some Zen bags up with small activities a puzzle or a, some Lego um, the children had quiet drawing books and we just had 20 minutes during the day where the children could just be where they could just rest and relax we'd shut down all the blinds we'd put on some quiet music and we realized we looked back on it and go went wow like some of these children really need this downtime mm -hmm. and you know throughout the day we'd get children coming up to us saying when's then time you know when can we when's this time when they can just you know they knew that they could just have that you know peace and just be by themselves and you know that was you know a part of our day which we hadn't really thought about and yeah it was just that reflective practice of you know looking at what the children's needs are and then being able to implement that into our routines yeah and so important because i remember the zen time that when we started and established we were just trying to figure out what works then um look completely different to mm. five years ago or five years after i would say mm. zen time because we understood that you know children we want to give children options but also we wanted children to learn be autonomous in terms yes. of what you know quiet environment or, or quiet play looks like for them um and so and, and and that comes down with us knowing the children trialing it out having those reflective conversations like you said um, and it's just so important as teachers um, to constantly grow mm. um, rather than, all right, this is just a way of doing things. I'm going to keep doing it um, because the children grow. And so we're also expected to grow along with the children. Yeah. Is there any other challenges uh, in terms of teaching? Um, yeah. yeah um, another challenge that I have is uh, just open-ended play. So just for children to have that uninterrupted uh, period of play um, allows them to, you know, build these amazing structures or, you know, things which they start in the morning and can continue on throughout the day. Sometimes they, you might even leave it for a couple of days because they'll come back to it. And I think it's so important um, for children to be able to, you know, come back to something they've been working so hard on because they, you know, you can see that they've, got this real sense of accomplishment and you know pride in what they've been doing however 
you know, the challenge is sometimes we've got routines and we've got time constraints throughout the day, but, and space as well is another hard thing. We, you know, we need to use different areas of the room for, you know, meal times or group times, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's, you know, it is a bit disheartening when you hear educators say, oh, we need this, you know, we need to pack this away. Mm. Whereas the child has been working so hard on that all morning and, you know, we, that is something I find challenging that, you know, for them to continue to have that space for them to, you know, go back to their work um, throughout the day. Um, we made up um, some working progress signs, um, which we still use. I've, I think I've been using them for many years now in the, in the kinder room. Mm -hmm. And the children will often go and grab these working progress signs so they can put it on their work. And so other children know that I'm coming back to this or even educators know that this is not finished yet and we're going to come back. So we can have that continual play, play happening throughout the day. Yeah, so, we have that yes. at home as well, my four-year-old. <laughs> like she made a work in progress sign so that none of us are allowed to touch and that she can return back tomorrow. And But, you know, the reality of that happening in a long daycare or a kindergarten room is difficult because you've got different groups of children coming in the next day. How do you allow, you know, learning and, you know, learning environment that has that space for other children when there are, you know, works already taking up the space. So it's about finding that balance, isn't yes, it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it is a busy day and there's a lot of children and, you know, there there's a lot happening at once. And yeah, it's just being, you know, aware of what the children are doing and being able to <clears throat> excuse me um have that you know being able if we just have to push it to the side we can we can do that and it allows the child to you know go oh okay this is i'm real. my work's been valued because i yes. yeah that i don't have to pack it away because just because it's you know it's lunchtime or it's uh, group time that they can come back to that so that's something i've been yeah trying to work on um that we're not shutting down children you know throughout the day that they have to pack away what they've been working on yeah sorry, work, definitely. putting a lot of effort into yeah make. so important yeah and so you spoke a little bit about well i spoke a little bit about um you know our teaching styles being a little bit differently what it is that's you you know what it is that perhaps a teaching style that works well for you is there a pedagogical practices that you follow uh, or is it a mix and match uh, you know we spoke about you being reflective mm -hmm. but is there something that resonates really well for you yeah I think um, relationships uh, are probably at um, the core of my I guess my teaching style um, building relationships with children right from the moment they might come to the service where you're you know orientating them in or it could be their first day in the classroom is just building you know being encouraging and supportive with those children and making sure that they feel secure and safe and that you you know you build on this right from the moment you meet them so you get to know them you get to know their interests you get to know their family you get to know um you know what they want to talk about so just listening to the child and i think that having that respect with the child they'll they'll feel comfortable with you and they have that really uh trust and that they'll come to you that right from the get the very start of the year and as long as you have those um those moments with each child then you know they they'll feel comfortable and that's where you know as long as they're feeling comfortable then that's when learning is going to happen and yeah. yeah so i think that's um i try and be as encouraging and um positive optimistic which i've talked about um mm -hmm. and also being kind as well um you know the children have that uh sense with you you know they know if you're you know you've got a smile on your face and you're very calm with them you know they they know that you're there for them um it's that's really important for especially the children under five to have those those relationships sometimes it's the first time they've been away from their family and you know if you don't have those relationships built um, and you know the children need to have that sense of belonging with you and belonging at the center so yeah, yeah. and I think just thinking about it now um, you know thinking about our teaching styles and how different we are but also I remember that you know a lot of times students with children would always go up to you and ask you for you know resources or can I take this and can I take that and you always say yes <laughs> and I think yeah. it's so important because 
you know, and I could see your face, you kind of go, actually, does it benefit me? No. Does it benefit the children? Yes. Are they going to enjoy from this, you know, having these extra resources? Yes. I'm going to take it out for them. And it's mm. so important because often, you know, we as adults, we've got their power dichotomy um, and kind of go, actually, no, I want to be in control of my environment. But mm. for you, I believe um, it's letting children um, be children, letting children, you know, having these experiences, uh, allowing them to take their creativity um, in a different direction and that you're there providing these opportunities and these resources for the children. And I think it's so important Yes. Um, yeah. because often we, it's so easily to say, no, no, we're not going to take it out because it's not a thing for us to pack down. Mm. Um, but you often do say yes. Um, yeah. Is that a practice that you still have? Yeah. I think so. I think it's just it as it is just naturally. Yeah. It's, yeah. I um and I think the children really, you know, they kind of know, I guess that as well. Yeah. They can and what? Yeah. I think yeah. Just I, I can see where they can take it as well. And you know, it's so we're giving children. You know, they come to kinder to learn and to play and. We, if we can give them those, you know, extensions of, you know, what we might have read a book and it's like, mm. all right, well, let's go and get, you know, it's a book about dinosaurs and let's go get some dinosaurs out now because, you know, we can, there's perfect, so many teaching moments and opportunities that, you know, can be missed if you just, yes. just say, oh, no, we're too busy right now yeah. or it's, you know, not, now's not the right time. Uh, there is, yeah, I think if you're, you're just with the children and, you know, you can kind of, other things can can wait and because that's what's most important is the children and you know they're learning and their opportunities so yeah and, and i believe that yeah I, you know other things can wait other routines mm. can wait. we can have you know lunch a little bit later yes you know if all these children are interested in something and intentional mm. teaching is a wonderful way to learn with the children here and now yes. um, because it's meaningful for them mm. you know that's what they're interested in right now and it's that group of children that they want to learn with yes. um, and explore with yeah. um, and we don't really want to miss that moment mm. yeah um, and so you talk a little bit about you know your growth and you know the transition that you've made throughout your 12 years mm -hmm. of teaching how do you keep yourself motivated to this journey? You know, is there someone that inspires you? Is there someone that you constantly, you know, uh, refer back to perhaps a theory that you refer back to just to remind yourself, you know, how do you keep yourself um, perhaps open and reflective mm -hmm. and continuously be motivated, especially during COVID period as well? It can be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. So, um inquiry-based uh, project work has been a massive part of uh, my growth as a teacher um, that's I've been doing projects now for oh, probably about uh, six six years I think um, and yeah I think it just it's so many opportunities for learning through projects because it's all it's interest-based of the children so as the children come in and they might bring an idea and we can we can then further that we can really um, delve into that higher level of thinking through projects and you know some of my favorite memories at work have been of these projects which you know i'm learning things mm. the children are learning you know we've got all these different extensions that are happening um, you know the families even come in and join in because the children are going home and sharing what they're learning about and then being able to then have you know, all these different ideas coming together, it's, um, that's what really motivates me at work um, and makes every year different as well. It's, you know, we've, I don't think, re rarely we do a project twice, you know, that it all, sometimes, you know, different ideas will come back up again that the children are interested in, but most of the time we're doing, we're learning different things every year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and there's been some really memorable projects that, yeah, really stuck with me and, yeah, we often as colleagues as well, we'll kind of reminisce on different projects we've done together and go, oh, I remember that time we, you know, the children learnt about, um, uh, one that I would thought about last night was um, the igloo that we built together, <laughs> oh, Dean. the igloo, oh goodness. And, you know, it's those memories that you have and I'm yeah. sure that like, you know, you might speak to that child who, you know, this happened five years ago, but 
whether you know it's those kind of things which are that might stick with them because mm. you know it was such a memorable thing for them as well as for us educators but yeah the the igloo was that was a um it was inter it went over four months i think it was yeah a lot of problem solving to um build this igloo made of two liter milk bottles which i think we started at the beginning of winter and then over four months we got there in the end but yeah it was yeah those kind of things which you know that was four months of the year that we we spent on this this project and yeah the children got to see it you know each day grow a little bit higher and they'd bring their families over and show them the progress we'd made on the igloo and yeah that it was some days you know bits would fall off it and yeah we persisted and persevered and we got there and yeah I think it's those kind of things which yeah I hope yeah we'll stick with the children as well that that's their early years is that fun that we had and yeah yeah those, yeah. those projects yeah and you know i mean obviously you know talking about having fun is great because then children are able to have mm -hmm. fun with you and mm -hmm. you know so much of learning opportunities come out with it but you know the igloo example is a perfect example for you know showing and role modeling that you know when we get frustrated yes. when the igloo do collapse, you know, what it is that you do, um, you know, and we came up with so many solutions on keeping it standing up because mm. of the shape and the structure of it and, you know, and, and, and how long it took for the glue to set. It took for a really, really long time. Mm. It was a really long process. Um, and so, you know, that, that adversity, but also that role modeling in terms of, all right, yeah, this is what we want to continue we've actually committed yes. to having this igloo and there were so many times you know we had this conversation should we just crush it down and yeah. just like reset again <laughs> um you know but we persisted um, because the children it was actually the children mm. who just really enjoyed that space and that learning mm -hmm. um, and that structure um but you know it's it's that role modeling you know that it's okay you know Yes, you know, there will be moments in life that you will have to do something that you don't mm. enjoy entirely yeah. uh, through that process or it can be really frustrating and, and difficult, um, but you keep going and you yes. come up with a different, you know, solution, problem solved along the way together yes. um, because you're not alone. Um, through this problem solving um, journey so I think that's really really important yeah and I think it was the process as well like mm. you know a lot of children were like when you know we had just started the igloo <laughs> and they said when's it going to be finished we said yeah. well look there's going to be a pro we have to collect the milk bottles and we have to clean them and then we have to you know we glue them down but we could only build it as high as you know the milk bottles that were coming in and so that really inspired the children to then go home and say we're building this uh, igloo at kinder where we need milk bottles so we need to bring them in and I think yeah for some children they wanted it built you know Straight then and away, there yeah. but you know it did take four months you know for us to get there in the end and so the children got to see it right from the the first idea and then saw that go all the way through right until the end result uh, with you know including all the the problem solving that we had to make all along the way um, and I think it was you know when we got there in the end you know that was the sort of uh, the children so happy that you know they could see the final result and this is what we did and we worked together to get there so yeah definitely but also the disposing of it I remembered yes it took a really long time because you know it was such a big project that we mm. could not fit them into our recycling <laughs> bin um, and so we spoke about you know what does that look like in terms of you know doing it really slowly you know where does it go into landfill mm. and I remember that process it was also a long process so yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's definitely a learning that you know um, as much as it was about igloo and about you know um, you know the perhaps the penguins or yes. the, the you know, Eskimos and how they live but it became a whole different yeah by the end it was yeah we then went into like yeah, the sustainability yes. of like okay we've got you know we're finished with our igloo now how are we going to um sustainably how are we going to recycle it and where are we going to take all the bottles and yeah so it kind of you know that project ended up you know taking a completely different route at the end um, yeah. and that's where I think projects are so exciting because you never know where they're going to end and you know which way the project's going to go because you know the, we allow the children to lead their learning and you know sometimes 
what you have in mind as a teacher might not, you know, the children want to take the learning a completely different route and that's okay as well. It's just listening to them and, you know, being able to support their learning and their ideas and, you know, say, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, let's look into that and let's, you know, let's see where this takes us. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes every day interesting because, you know, little people have got some great ideas and, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you said about, you know, let's just listen to what they're interested in and let's take it on um, it's so important because as teachers or as adults we've got so much of more knowledge um, and it's so hard to kind of go all right let's just wonder mm. with them you know to allow them to take control and be autonomous of their learning itself it's a big step yes. um, and it can be a bit of a journey for teachers who you know perhaps you know have you know uh, 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 an idea of where you know their projects want to go to mm. <clears throat> who wants to stick to all right no i've got this really really good idea at the end mm. like you know i want the children to see the finished product yes you know what's your advice for especially beginners teachers often they come in they've got this idea on, on doing something mm. with the children what's your advice on that because it can be really difficult yes. and I've been there yes. uh, as a student myself where, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, so you, I get, you often come in with, you know, and I, I remember being a, a beginning teacher and coming in with an idea and going, right, this is, this is how it's going to go and this is the end result. Yeah. And all the children are just going to, you know, follow all the steps. And sometimes, you know, children will come in and say, oh, I don't want to do it that way <laughs> and I'm going to do it this yeah. way. And you go, but this is not what I had in plan and you know it's and you do you feel a bit like you've failed a little bit because it's like well this is not the way that I planned it to happen and and it's just it's not you haven't failed it's just that children you know that's we're allowing them to be individuals you know sometimes it's you know what you had in mind that everybody's is you know their work is going to end up you know with the same result um, it's it might not be that way because you know we've got a respect that children have got individual you know ideas and their own um they just you know want to go their own way and you know we it is it is sometimes really tricky because yeah and i think learning from you know sometimes activities just don't work out the way you planned and you know it's that's okay and you learn from that and next time you might do try it a different way or you know there was you know times when i've you know done activities and there's just so many children and i thought i'm, I'm really overwhelmed right now um and then i thought right next time you know i might at the beginning just make sure that i've only got a small group to work with just so i've got you know it's a little bit easier to um work with those children you know you're not getting frustrated as a teacher and the children aren't getting frustrated with each other because there's just so many of them excited by this activity that you're you're trying to provide for them and yeah it is it's an ongoing um i even after 12 years there's some things that i plan and i try and you know i'm really i think that it's going to go one way and it just goes a completely different direction and that's okay <laughs> yes yeah, yeah definitely and you know and so you spoke a little bit about that frustration and that reflective and you know feeling overwhelmed you know in day to day and it can be quite overwhelming mm. um you're on your feet all the time um it's you know mentally and physically exhausting mm -hmm. often working with children um and you know we spoke about um perhaps you know looking after yourself is also really important what does yes. that look like for you professionally and personally yeah so um self-care for me i think yeah i i have a dog and so you know when i get home i love i love to take him over to the park i just get outside you know I can um, being in nature really calms me I think sometimes after a busy day at work you know you're mentally you're physically you know sometimes emotionally um, you can get when I get home and I, I see my dog and you know I kind of like oh wow like he's just so happy to see me <laughs> yeah. I can get outside um, another thing that I like to exercise is another thing which I do a lot for self-care and that's you know, I once, you know, I obviously before I'm pregnant, um, but I would get out, you know, either go for a run. I find that that would help clear my mind. Um, playing basketball, um, you know, I knew that yeah, every Wednesday night I'd go and play basketball. It was the social aspect, you know, I'm with friends. I, you know, knew that every Wednesday that was when I had the game of basketball to go to and knew that it's, you know, I just catch up with some friends. 
play basketball, you know, it's a little bit of exercise and, you know, I can kind of just, you know, de-stress from a, a busy day um, with the children. So I think it's really important to have those, you know, little things which you can do for yourself um, because it is, it's a, it's a busy job and it's a hard job. And, you know, if you don't have those self-care things that you can do for yourself, that's where, you know, you can't, you, you might lose, you know, some motivation because you're, you know, you're just exhausted. Um, so I think as long as you've got those, you know, things that you can do for yourself and um, make sure that that's something which you, you know, you go and do after work or that it's, um, yeah, it's really important to. Yeah, to definitely. Yeah. And also like, you know, we're constantly filling Julie's cup all day. Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, helping them regulate their emotions, helping them, guiding them, scaffolding them, you know, through, you know, problem solving mm. and, you know, um, through all the emotions that they have throughout the day. And I think it's really important as educators um, that we are in tune with ourselves, that we look after ourselves, we fill our cup first before yes. we fill others. And I think that's so, so important. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And working with a team as well. I yes. think that's, you know, being able to notice when, you know, your co-educators just might need a break mm. um, and just say to them, like, go take an extra five minutes, um, you know, go get some fresh air because I can really see that you're, um, you're really struggling today or you're feeling a bit more, you know, you're tired. And, you know, that's why we have, you know, a, a team that's, you know, can pick up on those things, you know, before it gets, you know, really bad that you can say, hey, just, you know, go and take a, a quick walk around the block because, you know, there's some days when you might feel that way as well. And, you know, we've just got to, if we read each other and, you know, we get to know each other's cues on, you know, when we might need that little bit of extra time and to, to take for ourselves that we can work together as a team and yeah, make sure that you know everyone's there and you know present with the children yeah definitely so mm. important yeah and you know when I think building that trust with the team is so important because you know you work with them alongside mm. you see them every single day you know yeah. you see you know your <laughs> colleague more than your partner yeah. um, and so how do you build that trust how do you build that you know respectful relationship in the room mm. um, you know um, because you do need to bounce off each other um, and in bouncing off each other during hard times difficult times um, low moments is also really really important at the end we're all human um, and so it's really important that we are you know supporting each other yes to support right. the children yeah. essentially yeah. Um, now you spoke a, little, a lot about you know things that you want to work towards. Um, you know things that you know you are mindful of in terms of your practice. Now, is there a project that you want to work on, um, or is there a, you know area of interest that you want to work towards? What it is for you yeah, at yes. the moment? Yeah, so um, I am just about to embark on maternity leave <laughs> and as you mentioned in my introduction that, um, you know, I'll be a first-time mother. So I think it's going to be balancing, you know, that, you know, motherhood and teaching when I return back to work. And I think it's, yeah, I think self-care is going to be something which is going to be really important, you know, when I've got a little one at home uh, and as well as balancing that teaching um, career. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to yeah starting my own little family and uh, but also yeah when I do return back to work and and with you know the many years of experience that I do have you know mentoring and supporting beginning teachers is something that I'm really passionate about. I I um, have a lot of uh, students that come through my room and you know they they I see them as you know nervous first time on placement and you know they'll look at me and go wow like where did you learn to you know talk to the children like that and you know I'm able to then support you know because I, I know I remember what it was like mm. you know as that first time student and you know being able to you know, look at this teacher and go, oh, they're amazing. Like their the conversations that they have with the children, like, hey, where did they learn that? And yeah, so I think that's, I guess, my where to next as well is, you know, best being able to really support those beginning teachers and, you know, help them with, you know, learning all those, you know, little um, tricks and uh, tips, you know, that you have with children and what's, what's going to work with, um, in the room and what's you know the com tricky conversations that you have with them so it's different strategies 
I think that's probably yeah where my passion at the moment um yeah yeah and it's so important the years of experience we've got so oh yeah definitely yeah. and it's so important because these teachers are coming in and reshaping mm. you know the education reform that we're trying to move forward in yeah. early childhood so you know and you know starting with these biggest teachers giving them a different perspective mm. a way of doing things that there's no one right or wrong way you know yes. it's so great and how beautiful this sector is um, that you know you can learn as you go and mm. you can you know adapt and modify your teaching strategies um, constantly uh, it's such a beautiful sector to be working in yeah. so yeah definitely um, we are towards the very end uh, which is really really mm. sad because that was how quick it was but one last thing just to finish it off um one advice you would tell your beginning teacher self back 12 years ago <laughs> when you started that first yeah. day uh what would that be yeah so when Dee sent me these questions i was like oh, I don't, what, what would i tell myself it's yeah it's kind of like oh, oh, it feels so long ago but i guess i remember that feeling of of walking into my first job and as I mentioned earlier, it did feel like just this swimming pool and I had to dive in and, you know, I didn't really know what, you know, whether I was making the right decisions and, you know, from Finding Nemo, you know, that's saying, you know, just keep swimming and just keep swimming. And, you know, I was just trying to learn as much as I could from all the educators around me, observing and absorbing as much as I could because, you know, I was really lucky to have um, some really experienced co-educators with me and you know, if I didn't have um, you know a good support around me um, that you know was it would have been really tricky but I think you know finding a network mm -hmm. of uh, you know whether that might be of count the local council that you work in you know you're just trying to meet as many other teachers as you can because that's where you learn from having those reflective conversations with others and being able to just you know have you know ask any questions you know and no there's no question that's silly it's just that's how you're going to learn and you know be able to just try things out for the you know if they fail you know that's okay it's you know the children are you know they're it might not work one day but then you know you'll try it again and try it a different way and yeah it's just that's how you're going to grow and that's where you learn so yeah definitely yeah um, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Thank you um, for having because, me. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just so um, grateful to be working alongside you over these years. Um, and you're definitely one of uh, my sounding board when, you know, I have really hard time and it's your positivity that just shines through. Um, which I think it's one of your superpower, um, but you know I think it's also your reflections uh, upon yourself. You know you're constantly reflecting within yourself. You know finding ways to grow, which is so inspiring. Um, but your calmness and um, your optimism um, is definitely something to learn towards um, because you know more of Alison with positivity. <laughs> I think you know the sector would be able to reflect on our practices build that connections with you know colleagues and mm -hmm. families and the children the children are so happy to yeah. see you uh, thank you um, <laughs> and it, it's it's definitely really really special so thank you so much yeah. for joining us thank you for having me All right. <laughs>